to episode number 28 of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of all news, information, new releases, and Blake Garris. I am Ryan Panagos, Executive Editorial Director of Marvel Digital Media Group, also known as Agent M, joined by... Ben Morse, Associate Editor of Marvel.com, joined by... Associate Producer Blake Garris, and we still don't have an intern. Next week. Next week? We'll really? intern back. That's good. Our long national nightmare is over. Yeah. We won't realize five minutes before the show that we didn't have a <laughs> script and have to write it all ourselves. Yeah. Well, hey, look. We did it, guys. We yeah, came we did. together. Pulled together. We assembled. Huh? Mm, yeah. We avenged the My loss team. of our interns. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Great. So, <laughs> if you're just joining us on the show, we're going to run through all the new comics available, whether they're print, digital, Single issues, collections, all that kind of fun stuff. We'll talk about new episodes of television, new video game stuff. We'll go through all the actual news. Then we'll get to your questions, comments, and thoughts. And if you want to send those to us, even while you're listening to the show, you can use the hashtag This Week in Marvel. We'll check that. We'll put them on the next episode. You can also tweet to at Agent underscore M, at Ben J. Morse, at Blake Garris, or at Strami, and that way, you know, we'll, we'll all see it, and it'll be great. Everybody smiles, and everybody laughs. We've had a whirlwind week here on the This Week in Marvel network. Just tons of podcasts left and right. We had Tom Hiddleston last week. We had Danny Pudi earlier this week. We had two of these episodes. We had Brooke Lopez at some point. That seems like two months ago. I scheduled out our interview yeah. podcast through September, but... It looks like we're going to push a little bit further. We might have to go to three a week at some point. Ugh. So, Blake, get ready for that. Yeah. Hooray. <laughs> He's really excited, guys. Blake loves editing this pot. It's really a labor of love. Yeah. Yeah, and also he gets paid to do it, so <laughs> That's that true. works out for him. It's a labor of love and money. Yep. But you know what? Let's dive right into the new comics on sale for the week of May 9th, 2012. Starting things off with a bit of a surprise blast from the past in the tradition of Amazing Spider-Man Hooky from a couple weeks ago. We've got another oversized Amazing Spider-Man one-shot, this time collecting a tale from the past, this time Amazing Spider-Man Parallel Lives. I remember reading this ages ago when I was younger. It's from the 80s. It's written by Jerry Conway. It's drawn by Alex Saviak, who's drawn some of my favorite Spider-Man comics of all time. It is a modern-day story, well, modern-day then, so past story now, of Spider-Man battling Dr. Octopus, but at the same time, you get the parallel origins of Spider-Man Peter Parker and Mary Jane Watson, and it focuses a lot on Mary Jane, stuff we didn't know about the character up to that point. So if you're a Mary Jane fan, this is kind of quintessential reading. It's a good book. It holds up. It's very emotional, very character-driven, and there's some cool Spidey Doc Ock stuff as well, so... A little bit of an oddity this week, but definitely urge you to check that out. Back in the mainstream Marvel Universe, although I guess that is the mainstream Marvel Universe, I'm not going to get into a ramble here. We've got Avengers Assemble number three by Brian Michael Bendis and Mark Bagley. Big time fight issue. We, of course, this is the perfect week for this to come out. It has got the lineup from Marvel's The Avengers, a little movie that's the most successful movie of all time. And it's got that lineup. In the Marvel Universe, battling the new Zodiac, the new Brian Bendis and Mark Bagley created Zodiac. This is just a crazy fight issue. It's all the action you want. It's Hulk, it's Thor, it's Iron Man, it's Cap, it's Hawkeye. Black Widow getting some awesome moves in. They are aboard the Shield Helicarrier, and they just got to scramble and try to deal with Zodiac, who's after some artifacts. And on the last page, there's a huge 
reveal of who the villain is, pulling Zodiac strings. We actually have an article up on Marvel.com with all the details about said villain, but if you would not like to be spoiled, do not read that article and just read the issue. But if you've already read the issue and want to get some inside scoop on how this villain, who will be talking a lot about this in the weeks and months to come, came to Avengers Assemble, check out that article right now on Marvel.com. It's a pretty cool villain. Very cool. Very cool villain. Yeah. Fun fact, I sort of kind of have that villain in one of my tattoos. Oh, that's Uh, a fun fact. I have a couple of comic covers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A piece in one of my tattoos, and one of them features that character. So, if you're trying to figure out who it is, and you you don't want to just go buy the issue or read the article on Marvel.com, if you can find a picture of Ryan online and dissect the tattoos, there's a fun way to spend your afternoon. Also, you won't be able to do that. (laughs) So, all right, next up is Avenging Spider-Man number seven, uh, written and drawn by the husband and wife team of Catherine Eminen and Stuart Eminen. It's pretty awesome. Also, great inks, as always, by Wade Von Graubadger, whose name is... Maybe the most exciting to say in all of comics. It's pretty fantastic. He yeah. sounds like a World War II fighter pilot yeah. who came over to our side. We've gotten Von, yeah. von Graubadger. Like Von Graubadger. Oh, he's turned on us. What do we do? Yes. And Matt Hollingsworth on colors. This issue <laughs> is probably my favorite of the series. I think, it was written, of levels. I think it was written for you. It really was written very much for me. You've got Spider-Man. You've got She-Hulk. And you've got cats. Yep. And we even now have a logo for kitty cats that is just terrific. Who's that person in the picture? I think that's Manny, who Mm. does the production for this. Okay. Yeah. Good answer. Surrounded by cats. But you've got the two of them teaming up to take down a gross monster in the, the sewers. And then Spidey being hilariously annoying. He follows She-Hulk, luckily, because she gets into some more trouble, and he helps save the day with her. I don't even know how many cats are in this issue. Thousands? Oh, so many cats. Literally thousands. It's fantastic. It's really funny. It's action-packed. It's great. It's it's a gorgeous book. I love Catherine Spider-Man, and I I really love her She-Hulk. She writes her really well. Like, just angry but smart and funny and very sarcastic it's great and then also fun fact i'm gonna be littering the podcast with fun facts this week i make a cameo in this book sort of because (laughs) there is a page with a bus and on the side of the bus you see an ad that says agent m now in paperback and i was loving this issue before that but this just put it over the top for me personally because whatever i have a big ego and i saw that and i was like that can't be real who did that so right before the podcast i walked over to steve wacker's office steve wacker is the head of all the spider-man comics and he's the editor on this title and i said hey was that real in avenger spider-man 7 and he started laughing he said yeah i was like what how did that get in there he's like well I was talking to you while I was editing this. We were sending emails or something, and so I just decided to put that in there. And, you know, I thanked him very much because he didn't have to do that. But in a book with tons of cats, I mean, it's fitting. It's pretty appropriate. I love it. I'm curious what you mean when you say, is this real? Like, how does... (laughs) Was it a a trick? Yeah, it's it's a trick. I don't know. It just seemed like one of those things that... Why would that get put in there? But it was a nice, fun little Easter egg. I just like the idea that like maybe you got a trick copy yeah, and everyone else got a normal copy. Someone put a, a curse on it and made me think it was something it wasn't. You never know. Whatever. It's really cool. I liked it. But more than that, the comic itself was fantastic. I mean, 
just a super fun, exciting issue of Avengers Spider-Man. Yeah, you know what I really liked? Uh, like you said, Catherine Amendment writes a really great She-Hulk, and what I like about how she writes it here is we always remember that She-Hulk's really fun, she's really strong, she's really tough. Sometimes we get forget how smart she is. Oh, yeah. She's a successful lawyer. I mean, that's a better profession than most heroes in the Marvel Universe have, other than the ones who are hugely successful scientists and whatnot. <laughs> so to write her kind of, you know, take no guff, very smart, very tough, and she played off Spider-Man very well because he's just this annoying, nebbish at times. That was cool. It was a cool dynamic, and uh, I dug that as well. Yeah. Captain America number 11 was the beginning of a new story arc called Shock to the System. It's written by Ed Brubaker, drawn by Patch Zercher. He's no longer Patrick Zercher. He's now officially Patch Zercher, oh. which I dig. Cool. He's going with the like nickname full time. Exactly. Just like Patch Adams. Colors by Paul Mounts. I liked this issue a lot. It's, like I said, the beginning of a new storyline, tying into the larger stuff that Brubaker's been doing with this new Captain America title, which I think is great. He keeps the themes going. But in this issue, Captain America, in the previous issues, in order to get some information on Codename Bravo and on Hydra, took the Serpent Squad member, Viper, and basically he put him in witness protection. And in this issue, we find out that there is a new Scourge who is out taking out villains and criminals who have been placed into witness protection, who are hiding in other places. And we have no idea who the Scourge is, but he's out. He's got the same modus operandi as previous Scourges. I've always loved Scourge. He's a great character, great concept. It's been used many times in Captain America created back in the day, I believe by Mark Grunewald. You know, used variations, but the recurring themes, it's always the vigilante who doesn't really talk much and goes after criminals. But Captain America and other heroes are out to stop him because Scourge just goes and just shoots criminals. Like, there's no due process or anything. And it's it's different from the Punisher. The Punisher is, like, vengeance against anyone who's done wrong, essentially. So, like, a mugger may get, you know, shot in the face by the Punisher because that's just how he rolls. Whereas Scourge goes after supervillains right. more than anything else. Right. And and that really separates him. And he's, he's got a very successful run in yeah. killing people. I mean, yeah, between the various Scourges, like the yeah. first Scourge... Actually, it, I, I just recently read the Captain America Scourge of the Underworld trade we put out. Because it was a long, vast story yeah. in the 80s. You know, not to go off too much of a tangent. But the cool thing about Scourge was he would pop up in any book. Like, he would pop up in... Hulk one week, Spider-Man next week, and we just show up, master of disguise, kill a supervillain. But it was always came back to Captain America. Captain America was trying to track him. But yeah, it was always the question of this guy is, he's a killer, much like the Punisher, but he's taking out supervillains. Should we just let him be? But anyways, in this new book, we've got a new Scourge. He's got a badass costume designed by Patrick Zercher. Patch Zercher. Patch, Patch Zercher. And he's going after criminals. And Captain America, I love the reaction of Captain America. Here's there's a new scourge. And he's just like, damn it. Because <laughs> he's been through this before. He knows this is one of the most complicated, difficult legacies he's ever had to face. Every time there's a scourge, it's very difficult. We've also got here Cap's old girlfriend, Diamondback, who I love because she was dating Cap when I was reading comics back in the 90s. So to me, she's always the one former Serpent Society member. Oh, yeah. Uh, So more serpents all over here. She tries to get involved. She tries to safeguard Viper. She ends up against the new Scourge. We've got Cap ferreting out corruption within his organization, within S.H.I.E.L.D., within everywhere. There's a lot of conspiracies going on. Like I said, big picture of this Cap book, but I was just excited to see Scourge back. And also, I know you in particular, Doug, Patch Zercher's work on this book. Oh, yeah. Patch Zercher, again, another dude who 
he was on New Warriors back in the day when I read it when I was a kid. And he's just over the last couple of decades, just you know, every time I see his work, better and better and better, and just so it's perfect for Captain America. He draws action great. He's a little dark, but he's still a superhero artist when he needs to be. So, man, I don't know. I'm going on and on, but I really like the first issue of the book. I'm really looking forward to seeing the rest of the storyline. And God damn it, I want to know who Scourge is. It's me. Spoilers. Well, now that yeah, now that you're in the Marvel universe. I guess you can be Scourge. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, good issue of Captain America. Yeah, Captain America and Hawkeye number six thirty by Cullen Bunn with art by Alessandro Viti. Cap and Hawkeye teaming up take on Stagron. What's up? Very excited by that because I do love dinosaurs. Mm. Stagron is a dinosaur man. He's Kittens, a- dinosaurs. What more could you want this week? I don't know. I don't know. Tacos. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe there's tacos coming up in Journey into Mystery. Fingers crossed. Yeah, but. Yeah, they, it's really gross, the issue. You've got these reanimated dinosaur people, lizard things that Stegron is dealing with, and Hawkeye has to take on a big problem pretty much on his own. And there's symbiotes, so yeah, there's a lot of a, stuff going it's on. Weird, yeah, it's really yeah. gross. Alessandro Vitti is very, he's a dark artist and does a good job with that. Very, like you said, very craggy, very gross. I Deadpool number 54, The Conclusion to the Dead storyline, which saw Deadpool trying to orchestrate his own death through an elaborate scheme that involved Tombstone, Kingpin, Dokken, X-Force. Basically, he's got X-Force coming to kill him. He's all excited because he now can be killed. But his buddy, Bob, Agent of Hydra, tells him, if you get killed, Tombstone is going to come and kill me. And suddenly, everything changes for Deadpool. Kind of has a revelatory moment, as much as Deadpool can about his actions, about how he's been looking out for himself, about how he needs to protect his buddy, and there's some major status quo changes. I I didn't realize how big this storyline was going to change Deadpool, but by the end of this issue, Deadpool is very different. Things are going to be very different moving forward for Deadpool, not just here, but in Uncanny X-Force as well. This one was written by Daniel Way, art by Ali Garza. If you're a Deadpool fan, you got to check this out because it's a major turning point. If you are an Uncanny X-Force fan, I also suggest you read Deadpool right. 54 this week and read it before you read Uncanny X-Force because it will inform you a little bit more about what's going on in X-Force. But it's kind of cool. Hulk number 51 by Jeff Parker with gorgeous art by Carlo Pagulayan with inks by Jason Paz, colors by Val Staples. I like what they're doing with putting Hulk through this Haunted Hulk storyline. It's got him facing supernatural creatures and enemies and allies and stuff. And this issue comes against the Forgiven, this group of vampires who have basically pushed away their sort of evil and blood-sucking urges to become better and try to clandestinely help humanity. They remind me of Blake Garris in a lot of ways, pushing aside his legacy of evil to do good. Uh, like two weeks ago, Blake said he was going to dress up as Rizo Kodo, the leader of the Forgiven, for Halloween. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Comes full circle. Yeah, yeah. Full small, circle. very small circle, but it came circle. around. But you got Hulk versus the Forgiven, and then you get a little taste of what's to come and fun stuff in Haunted Hulk. Terry and Sarah, Jeff Parker, the writer on that book, he loves bringing heroes that traditionally aren't involved with supernatural threats against supernatural threats. I know he did that in Thunderbolts yeah. for quite some time. They were facing a lot of mystic guys, and I was doing it with Hulk. It's just interesting observation by me. You did it. Hulk Smash Avengers number two. Man, I dug this issue. It was by Joe Casey. Really cool art by Max Fiumara. I don't even understand. So uh, <laughs> it's so good. This was set. 
I actually know exactly where it was set because I've read these issues before. It was set right when Henry Peter Gyrick, because it's set in the past. It's a past Hulk versus Avengers battle. It's set right when Henry Peter Gyrick came in and regulated the Avengers team and said, you can only have seven members. Here are your seven members. This is set literally right after that issue and before the next issue, because I know in the next issue, Scarlet Witch leaves to go on a trip to Wondagore. And in this issue, they're reacting to his membership changes, but Scarlet Witch is also getting ready to go. So he literally put it just right between these two issues. So it's basically the first mission of the post-Gyric Avengers. I also knew this because it says set right Does it really? before the events of issue Avengers. There it is. Because immediately that. prior, to, I didn't even read that. I, I just read that text. just from my knowledge, I knew that. But we're both on the same that page. sure is helpful. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, editor. Always read the recap pages. I didn't need to in this case. I read the recap page. I didn't read the little footnote. But anyways, you got the Hulk. He's on a rampage as he will be, and you've got the stripped down Avengers team of Iron Man, Beast, the Vision, and Wasp because the membership is still shaken up from Henry Peter Gyrick. They go after the Hulk, and. Gyrick is kind of setting them up to fail because Gyrick is a jerk and he wants to kind of bring them off their high horse because they've been mean to him and he wants to show them they need the government to step in and control things. I love Henry Peter Gyrick. He's a great character. He's such a just pain in the butt and he's written perfectly here. But you've also just got this cool dynamic where you've got the Avengers versus the Hulk, but also the Avengers recalling kind of, hey, you know what? The Hulk used to be one of us. He used to be our friend and you know for a few pages they kind of deal with that but joe casey is a great writer for this he's done so many cool past avengers stories from avengers vs. mightiest heroes avengers vs. mightiest heroes 2 avengers the origin he's like one of the go-to days of your avengers writer he knows how to bring it right up into the modern day and yeah man max fiamara the cool thing about this was because i recognized this story era without needing any footnote I was just like, you know, I was picturing, this is when John Byrne and George Perez were drawing the Avengers, and that was a very distinct look. Seeing Max Fiumaro, who's very stylized and very different, take on the same era, was just a really cool treat. So, very cool issue. Journey into Mystery, number 637, continues the exiled crossover between Journey into Mystery and the Mutants. I love it so, so much. So good. Kieran Gillen, Dan Abbott, Andy Lanning on writing chores with Carmine DiGiamenico, GN Do- Carmine D.E. Gian Domenico. Yeah. Got it. On art with Andy Troy's colors on this are terrific. There's sort of like a watercolor type thing going on, but I really, really like the colors on this book. I mean, I liked everything about this book. It's true. Story is so pretty, though. Story is so good. The first part, which happened in the exile one shot, really sets the stage for this because Sigurd. Sigurn? Sigurn, yes. Sigurn. Like Sigurn? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Blake. He did this crazy little bit of magic stuff at the end of that issue and changed reality and changed a whole bunch of things for the Asgardians who are involved, for perceptions of all these people. And it's really fun. You walk through this issue finding all the different Asgardians, what they're doing, how their personalities yeah. have affected them being sort of regular. They're just boys. normal folks living in San Francisco. You know, just there's, doing- there's an epic... Adventures in Babysitting Joke. Oh, man. That's fantastic. So I'm, I'm going to put my money on that was from either Abnet or Lanning. That doesn't feel like a Kieran Gillen gag to me. I don't know. Kieran loves his pop culture as well. That's true. It's true. But, man, ugh, this issue is so fun. It was. It was great. It's, it's like 
we get a whole new Kid Loki because we get Kid Loki in his like his civilian guise where he thinks he's just a normal kid with a annoying mom. Precocious. Yeah. I guess that was Hela's supposed to be his mom yeah. and Leia's his, his sister. sister. It was kinda of cool trying to figure out whoever I mean I got but the not, more not obvious ones. I think he was like No, he was adopted. That was the whole gig. But some were obvious. You knew who Thor was, you knew who Volstag were, but kind of figuring out who some of the other people were a lot of fun. But then Kid Loki, we get him as Kid Loki as well. Ah, I just love Kid Loki. Yeah, it's great. Double the Kid Loki. So good. And then it ends on a really just disturbing final Yeah. Page, which is great. Good stuff all around. Good stuff all around. Over in Marvel Universe Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes number two, which is a mouthful in itself. New comic based on the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes TV show written by our good friend Chris Yost, who works on that TV show. We've got two stories in this issue, two short stories, one illustrated by Koi Pham, one illustrated by Ramon Box. So, you know, some real top Marvel talent working on this book. Just two cool short stories intended for all ages, but fun for everybody. Pick into it if you're a fan of the TV show, or if you're just looking for a cool Avengers comic. You might be because you might be one of the 800 billion people who saw Avengers this past week. Here's some more goodness for you to check out. Yeah, movie did okay. We have Marvel Zombies Destroy, number one. The latest Marvel Zombies limited series kicks off, written by Frank Marafino, with art by Mirko Fiatorici. It's got Howard the Duck recruiting a team of zombie killers for Armor, which is the alternate reality monitoring and operational response group. That's cool that you knew that from memory. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Up in the brain piece. I did not look at the front page no. of this comic to read that. But you've got Dum Dum Dugan, who is hopefully going to be our sort of everyman lead character for this, along with Howard, gets recruited into this crazy team. Ben, you're the encyclopedic person on this. I podcast. do not know a lot of people. I mean, Blazing I know Skull, I know Blazing Skull. I know Raven. I know Battlestar. Battlestar, I, I did not know. Battlestar, he was when John Walker was Captain America. Uh-huh. He was his sidekick. Right. And then after John Walker was became U.S. agent, this dude became Battlestar. A lot of these other heroes, I do not know. They might be obscure Golden Age people. They might be new creations. I'm not entirely sure. I, I, I liked Breeze Barton. Red Raven seems like a new version of the old school Red Raven. Who's the girl who's the driver? What was her uh, name? Taxi Taylor. Taxi Taylor. There's so many bizarre, awesome characters. I'm going to have to go look some of these up afterwards. I don't know if they're old school or if, if Frank Marafino just came up with a bunch of these, then more power to him. Yeah, but basically there's an alternate reality where the Nazis use zombies to win World War II, and they are trying to escape that reality and take over other Earth's other realities. Right. And Howard the Ducks, ragtag crew of misfits. The, the Ducky Dozen. The Ducky Dozen is going to try and take them down. It's, it's pretty cool. And we get a last page where you, you meet a, a zombie team of well-known Marvel heroes. And yeah. It's gross. It's so gross. Very weird, cool, fun book. New Avengers number 26 by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Mike Diodato and great colors by Rain Barreto. Really good colors, yeah. This is, I, I, I love the art on New Avengers. And I love... Yeah. Diodato is another one of those guys who just gets better and better with each issue. Like, Diodato does some really great silhouette stuff in yeah. this issue and, and partial silhouettes. And just, it's super cool. You get to... You're looking back on Kunlun and how the Phoenix has impacted and been impacted by the Iron Fist lore from years ago and yeah. how that will affect hope 
Iron Fist and the current group in yeah. Avengers vs. X-Men. Definitely digging this connection between the Iron Fist legacy and the Phoenix Force because it's not things you would expect to go together, so it's cool mixing two classic things. Yeah. But... I know what you want to talk about. Maybe the coolest mixer, oh. bringing Leonardo da Vinci from S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. and every bit that he's cool, bringing him into this whole tapestry. Right. And I, I love that. I was like, oh my goodness. I think, I think a lot of us have been waiting for Jonathan Hickman's S.H.I.E.L.D. to finally get incorporated into the Marvel Universe and yeah. some of these guys start showing up. So seeing Leonardo da Vinci in Kunlun interacting with classic Iron Fist characters, yeah, yeah there's no substitute for that. Very cool issue. Definitely not something you need to read no. if you are reading Avengers vs. X-Men, but I think you definitely should if you love Iron Fist and if you want to get some cool stories. I think it's, it's yeah. just a great bonus. And certainly this is going to pay off in Avengers vs. X-Men. Definitely will. Yeah, and it just adds to it to read this. Yeah. Punisher number 11 is a bit of a one-shot coming down after the Omega Effect crossover. It is told from the perspective of... NYPD detective Walter Bolt, who's been the Punisher's informant, and really he's been his informant because years ago the Punisher helped him out in a situation at the Cloisters where there was a shootout. Punisher took care of everything, and Walter Bolt got the credit, became kind of a police hero. This issue starts with Walter Bolt saying, hey, I've been the Punisher's informant for years, and I didn't do that stuff at the Cloisters, and you're like, what? And you find out the reason through flashback is that Punisher showed up in... Times Square, where Walter Bolt was on a date with Carly Cooper, Peter Parker's ex-girlfriend, Spider-Man's ex-girlfriend, and suddenly the black freaking Talon, the turkey mask wearing, weird Avengers villain, zombie master. Oh, he's a classic, man. I give him credit for, he has this bizarre costume that was created in the 70s, and they've never changed it. He always shows up, because I think artists are just like, oh, if I'm going to draw the black Talon, I'm not updating him. I'm drawing this crazy, he has like a, like a rooster he was born on top way. of him. He's perfect. Yeah, he's, this is the way he's meant to be. Anyways, he overruns Times Square with zombies looking for the Avengers. He doesn't get the Avengers. He gets the Punisher. It's Punisher versus zombies and the supervillain controlling the zombies. You've got it all told from the perspective of this detective and basically just observing how efficient and ruthless the Punisher is and how he deals with, you know, we've seen him deal with kind of run-of-the-mill criminals or just, you know, non-powered criminals in this book. This is how he deals with the supernatural. It's a completely different take. It's awesome. It's, I, I don't want to give away any of the fun, but man, it, it's fun. It's gross. It's dark. There's some significant stuff for uh, Detective Bolt, but also it's really just a cool standalone issue to give you a sense of what this Punisher book is from a just tone sense. It's written by Greg Rucka, guest art by Mirko Kolak, and it, it's everything that's great about this Punisher book. Yeah, that was a fantastic issue. Scarlet Spider number five by Chris Yost with art by Neil Edwards and Carl Kiesel, with colors by Edgar Delgado. Thank you, Blake. Blake's showing us timestamp. Yeah. Silently. Remember, yeah, our interns used to do that so just subtly. Yeah, they're just... Blake's more just like, look at me, look hey, at me. Hey, I need Guys, I'm here. Anyway, Scarlet Spider, Kane's teaming up with police officer Wally Layton to take down a big, big problem in Houston. It is a bomb. It's a it's fun chase to see them try to get there before the bomb goes off. Won't tell you how it ends because it's kind of fun. And there's a really great moment at the end with the two of them. But it's really funny for Al. Like, there's one point where uh, Leighton calls Kane Scarlet Spider, and Kane just goes, "God, I'm being punished." Yeah, he's, 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 he's he hasn't he been does not like it. He hasn't been called Scarlet Spider at this point. That's yeah. just been the title of the book. This is, now we know that Kane's being called that, and he doesn't dig it. Yeah, super fun issue. Uh, 
Always Doug. Scott Spider. Over in Ultimate Comics, Ultimates number 10, written by Jonathan Hickman with new co-writer Sam Humphreys and new artist Luke Ross. It is part four of Two Cities, Two Worlds, and this is a rough issue. The last issue ended with Reed Richards and the Children of Tomorrow nuking Washington, D.C., wiping out everyone in Washington, D.C. We get a flashback in this issue to basically what happened five minutes beforehand. It's just like, it was hard to read. It's feels very re i mean i know it's comic and i know it's not what's really happening but it felt very emotional and very visceral and this issue starts with war machine finding the secretary of energy and basically informing him you are now the president of the united states that's how many people died in this attack we have now gone all the way down the line of succession to the point where the secretary of energy is now president of the united states i love ultimate comics ultimates because it really is like I've said about other books like Age of Apocalypse, it's a story about a world. It's not about an individual. It's not about a team, even though there is a team in play. It's about this universe that's evolving. The Ultimate Comics universe is just becoming this crazy dangerous place where it's almost tough to read about, but you're on the edge of your seat. And with this issue, you find out what's going on, what's next for Reed Richards, who's become just a terrifying villain. You find out what Nick Fury's going to do. Nick Fury and his Ultimates team of Falcon, Black Widow, and Hawkeye are now on the run. S.H.I.E.L.D. has branded them enemies. Director Flum, who is Mentolo in the Marvel Universe, oh. he is now the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., and he is clearly not a good guy. Right, Blake? You've got, you've got Thor and Iron Man also on the run, and Iron Man has a big problem to deal with here. It's really sad. Finally, they get the Fantastic Four involved. And someone from Fantastic Four finally learns about Reed. Just teeing up for a bunch of huge stuff. But there are a few comics that feel bigger than Ultimate Comics Ultimates. And I think they're just hitting it out of the park with this. It's rough to read, but it's... it's in, a, in a good way. Yeah, rough, that's what I'm saying. Rough it's it's like, rough to read. It's a heavy story. It's a heavy story, but the payoff is worth it. Yeah. On the other side of the Ultimate Comics universe and Ultimate Comics X-Men number 11, I just I can't believe how much bad stuff is happening in the Ultimate Comics universe. Because yep. over here, this book by Nick Spencer and Paco Medina, we've got Sentinels and Nimrod units, which have gone crazy um, after the death of... Stryker? Yeah, after the death of Stryker, who now has dispersed his consciousness into all these Nimrods and Sentinels. So they're now canvassing the nation, killing mutants, also killing humans. And we see our various cast reaction to this, how they're going to deal with this, and an address from the President of the United States, so obviously this takes place before Ultimate Comics Ultimates, basically saying anyone who is in an area where it's been taken over by Sentinels and Nimrods, just stand down, try to save yourself, and get out. Yeah, part of the country. Yeah, so we've got this story coming up called Ultimate Comics Divided We Fall, where it's going to be all three Ultimate books, Ultimate Comics Ultimates, Ultimate Comics X-Men, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man. And we now know that basically the Sentinels have control of part of the country, Washington, D.C. has been blown up. The Children of Tomorrow are out there. I don't see how things can get much worse for the Ultimate Comics universe in terms of threats. But, man, I want to read about it. I want to know. Some of the best stories are when the odds are as bad as possible, what do our heroes do? In the Ultimate Comics universe, all bets are off. It's not the Marvel universe. They can pretty much do anything. And I want to see how our heroes respond to this. So, Big things happening in the Comics Universe. We'll certainly be talking about Divided We Fall more as we move forward. Yep. 
Uncanny X-Force number 25 is out this week. They are celebrating their crystal anniversary. Yes. Uh, silver. 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 25 is silver? I don't know. We haven't really determined that. Yeah. Blake, what do you say? Silver. Silver. It's by Rick Remender with art by Mike McCone, colored by Dean White. And we, we've talked about Mike McCone's art for you know weeks and how much we love him and blah, blah, blah. He's great. Yes, he is. It's a testament to Dean White's skill that he takes someone as good as Mike McCone and makes them even better. There's things that Dean does with his colors. Week in or issue in, issue out, every time he touches a book, I just I can't handle it. It's so good. He just is doing some really great color work on this. Anyway, it's uh, an interesting issue. Like we said before, you should read Deadpool 54. You get a little insight onto Deadpool himself and what's going on here because Deadpool's involved. Obviously, he's on X-Force. What happens to him and why he is the way he is, you will know if you're reading the main Deadpool book. If you're not, you still get in there and you'll, you'll, you'll be fine. Basically, Wolverine and Nightcrawler have to go save Deadpool. And the team is sort of in a very shaky place right now. Things are not going well. And things really go down the tubes for them once they get to where Deadpool is. We have the introduction of the Omega Clan, who I believe we showed some stuff. Talked about them on Marvel.com. Yeah, we've kind of given an introduction to them. They're Omega Red successors. And they're bad news. Yeah. This is a just disgusting, great book. <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. And then... In addition to the main story... To celebrate the silver anniversary. Yeah, silver anniversary celebration. You get two stories. I don't even remember where these were printed. Yeah, I was trying to figure that out myself. They're great. One is a Wolverine story Mm -hmm. by Rick Remender and Jerome Pena. This is from years ago, and obviously Rick just has Wolverine down. Yes. He's got a great handle on Wolverine, and you can see that here. This is a really cool eight or so page story. And then, in addition to that, you get a Deadpool story by Rick and Jerome, which is also terrific and just disgusting. It's fantastic. Super great, especially if you've never read the other two stories in this. I mean, Uncanny X-Force, what can we say? It's such a good book. It's one of the best books out there, man. Not much more to say. Yep. Wolverine number 306 out this week. Gross cover. You can't miss it. This is a terrific cover. It's an awesome cover, but it is gross. Amazing cover by Chris Somney. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's it, it catches your eye. You're not gonna miss this one on the racks. Chris Samney did a great job of yeah. just creating a gross out image that is also fantastic. Yeah, it's really great, and I think the interiors are just as gross. Mm-hmm. They're more gross than the cover. This book is disgusting. It's vile, and I love it. <laughs> Colin Bunn, writer Paul Pelletier on pencils, David Mikas and Ken Smith on inks. Great colors by Rain Barreto again. Yeah, really killing it. Just disgusting, gross. I was telling Ben before we started recording the podcast. I read this issue last night while eating dinner for some stupid reason. You should have known better because we remember the issue before this. This creative team's first issue. You would not have eaten dinner during this. And I was like, I was it's like how I keep eating dinner with my wife despite the fact she's a nurse. I know she's going to tell me gross stories. <laughs> well, I should just stop. Yeah, you should. <laughs> But yeah, it's Wolverine on the trail of Dr. Rot. So much vile stuff, but I'm really glad that Colin picked up all the stuff that Jason put down with Dr. Rot. And it doesn't miss a beat from no, not at all. where that was. It's vile, it's disgusting, it's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And not for the kitties. Not for the kitties. That is very mature. That is, that little is... kittens or little humans. No, don't read this book with your kitties. Yeah. Rounding out, we got two 
more Avengers versus X-Men tie-ins that are actually both in the same setting, kind of take two different looks at the same situation. Wolverine and the X-Men number 10 by Jason Aaron and Chris Pachalo. The previous issue of Wolverine and the X-Men, we had Captain America visiting the Jean Grey school and recruiting Wolverine and Beast. Now they have gone off to Utopia. They're back. Beast is still in space. Wolverine's back for a quick breather before he heads back out with the Avengers. They get a surprising visit from, of all people, Cyclops, the guy who Wolverine had a schism with. The guy who's basically their philosophical opposite. He had a bit of a schism with him. Him, Emma Frost, Magic, they come and visit the school to appeal to Wolverine and his team like, hey, we had our differences, but look, the Avengers are after us. Phoenix Force is coming. We need to protect hope. We can restart mutant kind. And a lot of this is devoted to Wolverine and Cyclops talking, which is always interesting these days given how different philosophically they've gone. And they actually have a very rational conversation. They both present good points. And it's drawn really well by Chris Pachalo. It's just a scene of them walking through the grounds. But Chris Pachalo just, you can tell, he's just like, I'm going to have fun with this. So just the backgrounds and the way they walk through panels is very, very cool. Yeah. Cyclops observing the school is kind of fascinating because this is a school named after his dead wife. He grew up at a school like this at one time ran a school like this, and now he's off doing his thing on Utopia. He's saying, all right, well, this is what Wolverine has done with this legacy. But also, we have the other X-Men interacting with Emma Frost, interacting with Magic, and making their own decisions as to whether they're going to stay at the Institute or if they're going to go off and be on the X-Men side. And some of the X-Men do decide to leave, and they decide to join Cyclops' team with a much necessary bolstering of the ranks, because Blake and I have been in here with the AVX podcast when Niccolo is constantly complaining it doesn't have enough X-Men. So now he's getting some more X-Men. And they all give good reasons. There's some cool stuff with Angel, with Iceman. And of course, for you, I told you, you're going to love the fact, the reason Gambit is the only one I'm going to spoil. Gambit decides to go off. And everyone knew that because he's going to be in the next issue of Versus fighting Captain America. Gambit decides that he wants to fight the Avengers because they don't have a Southerner on the team. Blake, how do you feel about that? I agree with him. Yeah, so you're on the X-Men side now. I'm I've always to, been on the X-Men side. I'm trying... I'm oh, trying... You just gave Ben a Yeah, you gave, you gave me the business. I'm trying to rack my brain, and I feel like the Avengers do have at least one Southern on the team. Monica Rambeau is from New Orleans. That's in the South. It is, but she's not currently... She's not currently on the she team. Is, that's the same area as Gambit. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Yeah. Well... <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to help. I'm, yeah, I'm trying. Gambit's a jerk. I'm trying to help you. Out. I'm saying Gambit's logic is completely faulty. I don't blame Jason Aaron. I don't blame. Punch him in the face. Maybe blame Nick Lowe a little Push bit. Him down, the Anyways, stuff. it's a fun issue. There's no punching or kicking, but we've gotten a lot of that in Avengers X Men. It's neat just to see the philosophical argument play out, and it's a very smart issue. Yeah. Punching and kicking over in X Men Legacy number two sixty six by Christos Gage and Rafa Sandoval. Picks up just after some of the X-Men have taken up. So basically takes up right after Wolverine and the X-Men. Rogue is one of the X-Men who has decided to stay behind. So has Frenzy. So has Cannonball. Cannonball apparently didn't have a problem with no Southerners on the Avengers. He was cool with that. So they decided to stay behind and they're going to take care of the school. But the Avengers send a team of She-Hulk, Moon Knight, and Falcon to basically stand guard to watch the perimeter of the Jean Grey school to make sure none of the other X-Men or students leave. It's just such a weird team, first of all. I like the fact that Moon Knight's in there because you forget he's an Avenger sometime and he always adds craziness to the mix. I like that Falcon's in there because he's a natural-born leader who doesn't yeah. get to step up a lot. 
I question sending She-Hulk on this, where I feel like she would be much more use out in the main field of battle. But, but I think it's a smart move. It's true. You do need someone there. Moon Knight and Falcon, while, while as great as they are, are yeah. two dudes oh, with sure. no like, super strength, yeah. big superpowers. At least She-Hulk could beat the hell out of someone if she had to. It's true. That is true. But we get a lot of this from Rogue's point of view, also from Frenzy's point of view, from the students' point of view, how they feel not only about the Avengers and X-Men conflict, but also how they feel about the fact that there's basically these Avengers sitting outside their house watching to make sure they don't do anything. Yeah. Kitty Pride kind of gets in their face, gives them a little smack, and you get some good action by the end of this issue. Not going to say who throws the first punch, but punches are thrown, and there's a pretty bitchin' fight. Can I say bitchin'? I'd prefer not. There's a pretty... Awesome fight. It was a pretty rad fight. Pretty cool fight. We're at 45 minutes, and we just finished print comics for the week. A lot of comics. A lot of comics. Big week. Yeah. Time to pick our twim of the week. For me, it's a toss-up between Uncanny X-Force, New Avengers, and Avenging Spider-Man. I would throw in there that I liked Ultimate Comics Ultimates, Journey into Mystery. Captain America is my favorite of the week, though. That Scourge storyline really hooked me, and I'm really looking forward to seeing more of that. So Captain America, number 11, is my personal pick. Yeah, I think if I had to pick one, I would go with Avenging Spider-Man. Word. Blake? I was going to pick Cap and Hawkeye, because there are dinosaurs in it. But. It's the logic. Marvel Zombies, I have to do. Marvel Zombies destroy? If there were dinosaur zombies, that would be it. You know, anything's possible. Yeah, it's it's, it's a it's a look into the mind of Blake Garris and how that operates. It's a terrifying place. Dinosaurs. Zombies trump dinosaurs. All the comics we just mentioned, from Amazing Spider-Man: Parallel Lives all the way down to X-Men Legacy, are now available on the Marvel Comics app. You can get those and read them on your iOS or Android devices. And on the web through the Marvel Digital Comic Shop. That's true. That's true. I got so used to saying. I practiced just to say iOS and Android devices, yeah. and now I've been thrown for a complete loop. Buy it one place, read it everywhere. Uh, Sync it up. In addition, also on the Marvel Comics app, available on the places we just mentioned, we have issues number 13 through 17 of the most recent Avengers series, the one currently going on, issues number 13 through 15 of Secret Avengers, and then issues 0 plus 1 through 12, so the full run of Spider-Man Chapter 1 by John Byrne from 1998. So there's a little blast from the past for you. There you go, guys. Because you demanded it. <laughs> Collections on the app this week include Mighty Avengers Volume 4, which is Secret Invasion Book 2, New Avengers Volume 9, which is Secret Invasion Book 2 of that series, Thor Spiral, which, spoiler alert, he does not fight the X-Men right. and Spiral. It is not Thor versus Spiral, as Ryan initially and was disappointed by. Yep. Initially thought. Ultimate Galactus, Volume 2, Secret. Ultimates 2, Volume 2, Grand Theft America. And Uncanny X-Force, Volume 1, Apocalypse Solution. If I had to pick one, I would go with Uncanny X-Force. Absolutely. That's a fantastic book. On sale collections print, courtesy of our friend Max Beckman. We've got Astonishing X-Men, Monstrous in Trade. Avengers Academy, Second Semester Hardcover. Avengers by Brian Michael Bendis, Volume 3, hardcover. Avengers Crossing Omnibus, hardcover. It happened, guys. It's real. Avengers Private War of Doctor Doom, hardcover. Captain America by Ed Brubaker, Volume 2, hardcover. Essential Black Panther, Volume 1, trade paperback. Halo, Fall of Reach, Covenant, trade paperback. Magneto, Not a Hero, trade paperback. 
Marvel Masterworks Avengers Volume 12, including the Avengers Defenders War hardcover, Oz, Ozma of Oz in graphic novel trade paperback, Silver Surfer Parable by the late great Mobius in hardcover, Spider-Man Identity Crisis trade paperback, Spider-Man Season 1 in hardcover, Thing Serpent Crown Affair hardcover, Ultimate Spider-Man Volume 12 hardcover, and finally X-Men Mutant Genesis 2.0, Chris Claremont, Jim Lee hardcover. Now Max Beckman said, oh, I know that Ben's poem is going to be Spider-Man Identity Crisis. He's guessed wrong. He guessed Darkhawk Classic a few weeks ago. Basically, I think if he sees anything from the 90s on here, he just assumes that's my pick. Listen, Max, I have never read Spider-Man Identity Crisis. I just haven't. I actually borrowed it from our boss, John Cirilli, so I'm going to read it soon. But no, that is not my Tome of the Week. My Tome of the Week goes to Magneto, Not a Hero, Trade Paperback, a book we talked up left and right, up and down when it was on coming out when we were on the show. And I love it. It's by Scotty Young and Clay Mann. I think it's fantastic. People should check out Magneto, Not a Hero. Yeah. My twin would be Silver Surfer Parable by Stanley and uh, Mobius. Yes, absolute classic. Yeah, it's great. So that is not the only way you can get digital comics. Now that we're jumping back to digital, we went a little out of order. Yeah, but it's all good, you know, freestyling. Over on Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited, we have a number of new releases this week. We have Amazing Spider-Man, the 1999 series, issues number 37, 38, and 41. We have issues 3 through 6 of Astonishing Tales from 2009. We have all five issues of Vengeance, which is a very cool limited series by Joe Casey and Nick Tragoda. We have issues 2 through 5 of the Red Skull limited series from a couple years ago. We have Cloak and Dagger number 3 from their Spider Island limited series. And we have issues 2 through 5 of Captain America Corps. So many comics. So many awesome comics. Blake, you look very concerned over there. You alright? Forlorn. It looks forlorn. Sorry. What's wrong, man? You want to talk about it? With the millions of Twimomaniacs? The millions. Yes, Blake. millions. (laughs) Yes. All right, anyway, back to the show. (laughs) Away from Blake. Yeah, Blake is bringing us down. We're going to kick it over to Stromy, who's going to bring us back up. Yeah. This is awesome. Stromy, give us some information on what's in store and on TV this week. Hello, This Week in Marvel listeners. This is Marvel.com Assistant Editor Mark Strom coming to you from Los Angeles, as always. And first up, we're going to chat a little bit about what is on TV this week. Of course, we have new episodes of Ultimate Spider-Man and Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes this Sunday inside Marvel Universe on Disney XD beginning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 10 Central. And this week for Ultimate Spider-Man, we've got an episode entitled Back in Black, which features the return of Venom, who we met the Ultimate Spider-Man version of Venom a few weeks back. Venom in this show is actually a lab experiment of Dr. Octopus's that he did for Norman Osborn. And in this episode, Venom finds a new host. But I can't tell you who that host is. You have to tune in to find out. It's very interesting. It is someone who I don't believe we've ever seen in the Venom suit before in any other TV show or comic series. And it's a cool little twist. 
And speaking of cool little twists, this week's episode of Avengers Mightiest Heroes is entitled Who Do You Trust? Which I'm sure fans will recognize as one of the catchphrases of the Secret Invasion storyline. And sure enough, this may have some scrully action in it. It actually has an opening sequence that is more or less lifted directly from the comics from some of the Secret Invasion tie-in issues from back in the day that I think many fans will appreciate. And we get to see more Ms. Marvel action, and I love Ms. Marvel, and I particularly love the fact that they went with her classic costume in this series, complete with the scarf. So both of those air this Sunday, beginning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 10 Central, inside Marvel Universe. Check it out on Disney XD. And with that, I'll send you back to Ryan and Ben, and I will return shortly to tell you more of Marvel news this week in movies and TV and games. Thank you, Strami. Now we're going to kick it right over into news for the week. Ben, start us off. We have yet another new way you can read Marvel Comics and Marvel Graphic Novels, in this case digitally. Over on Google Play, you can now pick up Marvel Graphic Novels. We've got a great backlist over there. It includes Ultimates, Captain America, Hulk, and a ton more. So check out Google Play for yet another new way to read Marvel Graphic Novels. We spoke to Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, our good chums from England, about what's coming up for New Mutants after the Exiled crossover ends. They had some very interesting stuff. It includes the Defenders, includes Cannonball coming back to the book, and some thorny romantic issues. We did our psych ward this week, revisiting Black Widow, just in time for her role in Marvel's The Avengers, and also tying into Winter Soldier. Talked about the debut of a new Marvel Custom Solutions comic, Spy Girl. We're working with Benefit Cosmetics. Spy Gal. Spy Gal. Spy Gal. Not Spy Girl. Spy Gal. And that's that's a new project we're working on by James Asmus and Phil Noto. So you know that's going to be good. And also, this Sunday, we've got the season finale of Once Upon a Time on ABC. Avengers vs. X-Men is going to be a part of it. And we've got the pictures and the video to prove it. Awesome. This week, the fine folks at Playdom and Marvel have given a gift to all players of Marvel Avengers Alliance on Facebook. You can get 4000 in silver just for clicking a link. We've got that on our Twitter and our Facebook, and I tweeted it out, and it's on marvel.com, and a little navigation thing on the bottom at the top. The top nav? Top nav. But if, I, if we say top nav, everybody goes, the what? I just want you to, I, you need to sound like you know what you're talking about. I do. It's top nav. Top nav. It's the little bar thingy at the top yeah, the for, the, for you guys. Thing. Yeah, sure. And so you get the 4,000 silver. In addition to that, the Avengers Alliance movie costumes are out there. I bought Iron Man today. The more costumes you have on your team, the more powers and, and abilities that come with it. It's really cool. In addition, with this week we announced the Diamond Select fan polls. Blake, you know a little bit about this. Tell us what's going on with those. I think it's their, like, what, 50th series of... Minimites or whatever? Minimates. So, Minimates. You get to pick between characters that are awesome. Yeah, we're going to have fan polls yeah. running every week. And a bunch of crazy, awesome characters. They're going to pick two from each poll. And they're going to make those into a line of Minimates. It's some great, crazy characters. 
Check out Marvel.com for more information and come back every week to vote in the new poll. Also this week, we announced Avengers Battle for Earth, which is a brand new game coming to Connect later this year. It's hard to, to explain it without giving away too much. It sort of ties in Secret Invasion and the storyline that happens with those comics and brings in about 20 Marvel characters. Lots of really cool stuff. We're not giving a ton of information away right now, but uh, you know, with E3 coming up, with Comic-Con coming up, with PAX coming up, there's going to be lots of places where we have more news about this game. It's being published and produced by Ubisoft. It's our first actual game with them. I'm very excited. I have friends over at Ubisoft, so it's really cool to watch this all come together. Very excited for it. Wait for more information. I can't can't really give much more, but I know folks have been wanting more Avengers games, and this is one of some more that we'll be doing. Kick it over to Strami now for news. Strami, take it away. Hello once again this week in Marvel listeners. This is Mark Strom returning to you once again with news from Hollywood on movies, TV, and games. The big news, of course, this week is that Marvel's The Avengers opened up last weekend, which I'm sure you know. If you haven't seen it yet, shame on you. If you haven't seen it three times yet, why have you not seen it three times yet? Because it is epic and amazing. And... The big news is that it opened, and it made $207.4 million last weekend, which completely shattered all other box office records for opening day weekends. So thank you to all our fans, of course, for assembling and helping us reach such an amazing, amazing, amazing opening weekend. And... If you haven't seen it yet, like I say, trust me, it is incredible. I myself have seen it twice now. I will probably be seeing it a third time this weekend. I absolutely love this movie. It's the best Avengers movie I could possibly hope for, the best Joss Whedon movie I could possibly hope for. It's just incredible. And in other Avengers-related news, today, if you're listening to this on Thursday, we'll be bringing you some very cool post-it templates. Of course, these are templates for if you want to create images of your favorite Avengers out of post-its. And they are little guides for, you know, which color post-its to buy and how to order them. And they're just fun little things that I am considering decorating my own window with. But yes, you can check those out right now on marvel.com. We also had news of the Avengers mobile game, which is available for Java or feature phones and for the Android 2D phones. It's a side-scrolling game in which you can play... Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, the Hulk, and they go up against Loki and Loki's army. It's called Marvel's The Avengers, the mobile game. You can download it now on different carrier websites, or if you go to Gameloft's website, www.gameloft.com, you can also find where to download from there. Gameloft is the developer of the game. You can also now get Iron Man and Thor for Superhero Squad Online. 
and you can get Iron Man and Thor in their movie costumes for the game. Again, I say this every time, but if you have not played Superhero Squad Online, really give it a chance. It's a lot more fun than I think most people would expect. I think sometimes it gets written off as sort of a kid game, but it's really a lot of fun for everyone. It's really more of an all-ages game in that, yes, you know, obviously kids can play it, kids can enjoy it, but I really think adults can enjoy it too, and particularly hardcore Marvel fans will find a great deal to appreciate in there. Jumping from the Avengers to Spider-Man, the new Amazing Spider-Man trailer debuted on the Avengers this weekend, and we're bringing it to you now on Marvel.com, so you can check it out for yourself. Head over to Marvel.com right now to watch it and get a better look at the lizard, get a better look at Spider-Man in action. It looks great. I am highly excited for this movie. It comes out July 3rd, so less than two months away now. And in video game news, we announced that there will be two pre-order exclusives for the Amazing Spider-Man video game. One of which is if you pre-order it at Amazon, you get a special mission in which you can play as Stan Lee. And I have seen some of the gameplay in action. It is amazing. That pause right there was because I understand you're chuckling at that joke, and I don't want you to be chuckling while I'm speaking because then you won't hear it. So I just, just allowed for a little bit of a pause there. It is amazing. You get to swing around town as Stan Lee. Uh, he has all of Spider-Man's powers, all of Spider-Man's web shooters, all of that. And, yeah, you get to play as Stan Lee. It's very cool. The other pre-order exclusive is if you pre-order the game at GameStop, you get the Rhino Challenge, in which you can play as the Rhino and rampage through the streets of Manhattan. That's its own, again, special mission. And you just basically get to beat the crap off stuff as the rhino and completely demolish anything and everything that is in your way. And that pretty much covers everything in Marvel movie, TV, and games news for this week. Of course, again, go see Avengers in theaters now. Check out Marvel Universe on Disney XD this Sunday at 11 a.m. 10 Central. And... I will speak to you again next week. Thank you, sirs and madams. And with that, I send you back to Ryan and Ben. Thank you, Strami. All right, I think it's time for this week in Marvel questions and comments. We've got How many questions do we have this week, Blake? 400,000. 400,000. From yep. the millions. Before we kick off the questions, i got to give a quick shout-out to our listener, JNA Studios on Twitter, who... Upon hearing us discussing Death's Head 2 a couple weeks ago and how we had never read Death's Head 2, sent me a package containing not only all four issues of Death's Head 2, but a, Blake can vouch for this, gigantic poster from the 90s, the Big Guns poster, and you saw it. It's this, I had it. It's this, it's this painted poster of Punisher Warzone, Death's Head 2, Terror Incorporated, Silver Sable in the Wild Pack, Cage, Maybe one or two more. Power Motormouth, are they on there? I don't think so. I, I think Death Head 2 is the only Disgusting. Marvel UK one. Unacceptable. But, oh, 
It's yeah, huge. Right. I don't know where the hell I'm going to put it, but thank you so much to JNA Studios. That Did was a very cool thing. I didn't take home anything. It's all still here. I check it out. Reread Death's Head yep. 2 because I, as we've talked about, yep. love. Yeah. It's so disturbing. It's so terrific. <laughs> so, anyways, we've got that here at the office. We thank you once again, JNA Studios. Thanks, man. All right. It's going to start right into it. Again, if you want to send your comments and questions about the show, about Marvel, just use the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel on Twitter. Starting us off is Alex underscore M. Morales, who tweets, Can The Watcher be done once per week? It would be nice to see which comics release the next week. And some trivia. Alex will try and get on a more weekly schedule for The Watcher, but with a lot of stuff going on, it's not as easy to put together a really great show that is of high-quality standards and stuff that we know you guys really want. Try to get back to it. But if you want new releases for what's coming the next week, you can go to Marvel.com. We have a release calendar. It's there for you guys. Trivia, I can't help you with that. I mean, Lorraine will put that in the show when she does it. At Jedi Masketeer tweets, Thanks for answering my Marvel app questions on the latest podcast, syncing all my comics and loving it. Again, guys, you can buy on the web, buy on your app and read it vice versa anywhere you want and if you have a Comixology account you can contact Comixology support and they can link your Marvel app and your Comixology app together so you can read all your stuff all your Marvel comics on both apps at Jane Valentine tweets the man the myth the legend Tom Hiddleston I'm sure we're going to have a lot of tweets about our special Tom Hiddleston episode of This Week in Marvel which I affectionately dubbed This Week in Loki Yep, at I underscore love underscore Obama, now downloading This Week in Marvel with Tom Hiddleston. Can't wait to listen. At Ballas81 tweets, I love free comic book day. I got to take my three-year-old son and had a blast. He's seen a poster of Spider-Man and Hulk, so I had to buy them. My wife wasn't happy, but I don't care about that. I also love the ultimate Spider-Man. My buddy and me came to see the Avengers movie, and he wore a JLA shirt, and I punched in for it and called it a sin. When will the Marvel ask me about Hulk with a Windows Phone? So these are all from Ballas 81. I wasn't let's, sure which ones were going take, together. Let's take this one at a time. Uh, uh, well, a couple of them are together. Yeah. You know, that glad his three-year-old son enjoyed it. Yes. Uh, very concerned about his marriage. Um, it's going to be okay, I think. I think I he needs to care more about his wife being happy. Good on you with your buddy. That's Wait. probably the only time you'll see those three letters in a movie theater. So. Hey! You know, he got one. Do not punch anyone wearing a T-shirt from a rival company. It's true. Well, from another company. Our movie is doing fine. We don't need to rub yeah, it no in anymore. Yeah, no violence needed. Just, you know, hopefully after the movie they were like, why am I wearing this shirt? Yeah, just wearing tore it shirt. off. Just tear it off. Yeah. Marvel and apps for the Windows phone. Marvel apps for Windows phone. No plans at the moment. If that changes, we'll let you know. At Brad the YM tweets, was reading Amazing Spider-Man Letters page and a discussion about replacing Peter. Is this happening? Wacker says a lot of things. Yeah, Wacker likes to tease and, yeah. and poke and do fun Let's stuff. just leave it at that. Yeah. Another one from at Brad the YM. Will there be any other secret Marvel AR spots hidden? Brad the YM, if you mean aside from the ones that are clearly delineated in Avengers vs. X-Men, no, they're not hidden. You look for the logo and you find them. For now, it's in every issue of Avengers vs. X-Men. Moving forward, we will be using them more. But it's not a hidden thing. That would mean you would have to go over every page of every comic with your device. We put the little AR logo so you know where to find them. Yeah. All 
right. Loaf 187 tweets, the only reason I said The Avengers is possibly the best comic book film is because I'm in Team Daredevil. You monster. Brent, you horrible person. Brent, I come to you as the captain of Team Daredevil to say it is okay to say The Avengers is the best comic book film of all time because Daredevil will always have a special place in all our hearts but can't live in the past forever. I think The Avengers has gone far and above all expectations. So I'm calling on all members of Team Daredevil to embrace The Avengers as the new standard bearer. Good. At On a Pedestal tweets, Just listen to this week in Loki edition of This Week in Marvel. Great interview, guys. Thank you, Brittany. Yeah. At Charles Duva tweets, Woo, just checked. No P this week in Marvel. I don't know what that means. Uh, it's a riddle. Yeah. It's a riddle. Um, hey, no P is good. Yeah, I guess. In this case, he yeah. seems excited about it. Yep, yep. At Immortal Thor 99 tweets, best apple pie? Easy. It's Gidrin, Volstagg's wife. It's a great point. Yeah. Volstagg obviously enjoys her apple pie. Does sound right to say. Nope. But there it is. I said it. Yep. Also, we've got a couple tweets about episode 27 and my audio being very low. That's a Blake Garris foible. We fixed it for the future. We have, we'll a, we have a word for occasions like that. He made a Miss Blake. It's a technical... Technical uh, Miss Blake? talk above your head about the technical jargon. <laughs> the sight nabs it, and the... Does it involve a donkey and a piece of twine? <laughs> I don't know what's going on anymore, guys. This is, <laughs> this is spiraling out of control. Mm. All right. Uh, our buddy Danny Cootie tweeted out the link to the special This Week in Marvel edition we did with him. I like what he said. He goes, we did this. Yes. He DM'd me on Twitter after I had posted that we were going to post it. So this was, I guess, Monday night. He DM'd me saying, it's about time. <laughs> and I said... Wow. And I, I laughed and... I said something like, more sass like that, and I'll put in something about you saying mean things about Stanley, and then we joked, and it was hilarious. <laughs> so, that's a thing. At DAV3 underscore zero underscore Mac. Nice. Tweets, questions to the whole team. Who's your favorite Avenger, and why? Interesting. That's a good question. We'll start with Blake. Blake, do you want time? A movie Avenger, or? I think it's just Avenger. Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Not in the movie, though. <laughs> Why, you don't like Hawkeye? I don't like his costume. Bold, controversial statements from Blake Garris. I gotta say it like it is. It's on, honestly... I like the mask. Yeah. But Hawkeye. My answer, I wish I hadn't let Blake go first, because my answer is also Hawkeye. Hawkeye mm. is my favorite Avenger, because I always like the fact that the dude with the bow and arrow, who is so determined to do good, so determined to be one of Earth's mightiest heroes, that even though they're fighting guys who can fight Thor and Iron Man to a standstill, he still goes out there, pulls out his trick arrows, and gets it done. I think he embodies the Avengers, which are just people coming together to do good more than any other character. And I've always loved Hawkeye. He's always been my favorite Avenger. In the comics, I'd probably go with Luke Cage. Over the last bunch of years, Luke has really won me over as an Avenger. As a leader, he's awesome. Uh, in the movie, I'd probably go with Iron Man. I mean, it's hard to say anything yeah. against that character. It's so good. Movie, I, I don't know, man. Hulk makes a strong case. Yeah. He's, Hulk's pretty great. He's amazing in the movie. Yeah. But, yeah. It's all good. Everybody wins in the So, movie. wait, Blake, who's your favorite movie Avenger? Oh, man. Coulson. <laughs> Even though he wasn't. Technically not an Avenger. Technically not an Avenger. I know, but he's Blake Garris, politician. The greatest. for all of us. 
Thanks. All right. At Epoch252 tweets, Happy Free Comic Book Day. That was a thank couple you. Years ago, but thank you. Hope you all celebrated in ways that were befitting of mm-hmm. how you enjoy it. At Dell the Dad tweets, you have some good twit pics. Ha ha. <laughs> so thanks, Dell the Dad. Yeah. It's kind of creepy. Yep. Cool. <laughs> At Jedi Lamont tweets, out of all the hate formed chummy relationships occurring in Marvel currently, who is your favorite and why? It's because that's like people who don't like each other but forced to come together and, and work. become buddies. Who end up becoming buddies. Kind of like what's going on in Secret Avengers with Captain Britain and Human Torch, where Human Torch is this very reliant on technology, very old school, and Captain Britain is this mystical guy, and they didn't like each other at first, but even in the course of one arc, they already started kind of getting along. I enjoy that one. It's a good one. I think Spider-Man and Wolverine, too. Spider-Man and Wolverine is always so good. Because they're like oil and vinegar, but they have fun. Yeah. Love a little oil and vinegar on mm-hmm. the salad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Mm-hmm. At... HWU tweets, not really like liking Cyclops playing dirty, and if Franklin Richards was in AVX, which side would he take? I'm going to take exception and say Cyclops is not playing dirty. He plays to win. He does what he needs to do to achieve his goals. He thinks he's right. He may be right. He does what needs to get done. It's a high-stakes situation. you, you got to do whatever it takes. I know Nick Lowe would uh, back me up on that one. You sound like an 80s song, and I love it. Yeah, well, I mean, that's pretty much my narrative. Yep. Uh, if Franklin Richards was in AVX, he'd probably take the X-Men side. He's a mutant, and yeah, he's, he's buddies with the X-Men. His uncle, Ben Grimm. That's true. And Spider-Man. I didn't consider that. They're, they're Avengers. So. It'd be rough. It'd be tough for him. I, I think, yeah, you're probably right. You'd probably go with the Avengers just because you go with the people he trusts. But the X-Men would certainly make a play. Sure. Yeah. Of course. I would. Another one from HWView tweets, Still buzzing after Avengers, hashtag Shakespeare in the park. It raised the bar as the new measuring stick. Agreed. Another one from HWView, There have never been a great time to be a Marvel fan. I think Haywood is tweeting that it, there's never been a greater time to be right. a Marvel fan. Hashtag in Joss we trust. Very true. At Ian Wright 689 tweets, Just saw Avengers, can't wait for the review from Ben and myself on This Week in Marvel. We pretty much reviewed it last week after the advanced screening saying we liked it. Oh, man. That's the extent of our review. It is, we loved hands it. down, the best movie ever. <laughs> Definitely the best superhero movie. It's the, it's the best superhero movie. It's great. It's funny. It's action-packed. There it's is... It's heart. Yeah. It's, it's weedened up like crazy. All the actors are great. There's no slow moments. The special effects are amazing. There's your review. Yeah. A plus plus. See it twenty more times. Yeah. Tonight at OD Dark Lord tweets in AVX versus number one. Why didn't Magneto just make a shrapnel puncture Tony's heart? If you read AVX versus number one, Tony had constructed, you know, knowing he was going to probably go up against Magneto, he had constructed special armor that kind of canceled out Magneto's powers to a degree. So Magneto had to use outside forces. He had to, you know basically bring towers down on Tony and stuff like that. He couldn't actually affect his armor, so one, one would presume he couldn't affect what was underneath his armor either because he couldn't get through. Yeah. Tony created a barrier. Another one from at Odie Darklord, where is Thanos? It's an excellent question. Excellent, excellent question. We're not going to answer it now? I was just going to leave it at excellent, excellent, excellent question. Yeah. you read Marvel.com and you read comics and stuff, you will find out. 
Another one from Matt, Odie Dark Lord. I used to read comics in the 90s. Where can I find more Eddie Brock Venom? Me and Flash don't see eye to eye. Well, Odie Dark Lord, if you had given Flash a chance and we're reading Venom right now, which you should be because it's a great book, Eddie Brock is in Venom. Boom. He is a part of the cast. He's part of the Savage Six storyline that's going on and had some very interesting things happen to him in the last mm-hmm. issue. So I would catch up on your Venom. Mm-hmm. Another one from Odie Dark Lord says, First of love, the podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I guess. It's... Final one from Odie Dark Lord. This is tweeting to Strami. Not sure how much you had to do with the movie, but thank you. Best movie ever. Strami, in all seriousness, worked as hard as just about anybody, man. He just promoting that and coordinating things, which is a lot of people here did. Ryan did. Jenna O'Shea on our team did. John Cerulli on our team did. You guys did a great job. And uh, our regular re- listeners are probably expecting to make some joke and be like, oh, Strami had nothing to do with it. But no, Strami and everyone on our team really worked hard to make this movie what it was. Yep. Congratulations to all of you. Yes. Blake and I did nothing. Correct. At Katie <laughs> underscore the great, thank you for listening to our episode with Tom Hilson. Glad you enjoyed it. At Comics Dude One tweets, Two of the week was AVX number three, hands down. John Marina Jr. artwork improved, has the days of Wolverine and is an Avenger come to an end. Well, I guess that would be in response to Captain America and Giant Man throwing him out of a plane into the Arctic. I mean, that was kind of a jerk move. It's kind of a jerk move. The X-Men have done jerk moves to Wolverine in the past, and he's come back there, so I guess you're going to have to read AVX number four out next week pop, pop. to find out. Another one from Matt Comics Dude One. Saw Avengers IMAX in 3D. No words in English, scroll, or Cree language can truly describe how amazing this film is. It's true. It defies that. You may need to go to the Shi'ar. Or the Badoon. 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 At Pat Loika tweets, Greatly enjoying the banter between Ben J. Morris, Tom Brevoort, and Nick Lowe in the This Week in Marvel podcast. Glad you enjoyed that, Pat. Mr. Loikamania. And we will have another Avengers vs. X-Men special next week, next Tuesday. Episode 28.5. So, this is a good time to say, if you guys have questions about Avengers vs. X-Men for Nick Lowe or for Tom Brevoort, tweet them with hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel, AVX, and we will get to them when we record later this week. Excellent. At Laser Mountain Monster tweets, aside from Cap, who else from Earth is worthy enough to pick up Mjolnir? Can't think of anyone who has. It doesn't mean there aren't people out there. The only people I can think of who have picked it up are Cap, Thor, and Better Aid Bill. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It's hard to live up to Captain America standards. Got nothing. I don't know. Dargo Gator. He's from Earth. Dargo Gator. I think he's from Earth, right? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Eric Masterson. Oh, yeah. Thunderstrike. That guy. He was able to do it. He was great. Yeah. He's dead now. <laughs> he sure is. At Laser Mountain Monster tweets, as far as the soundtrack to FF number 17, I recommend the song Don't Eat Bar Peanuts by Success. One of my favorites. I don't know it. So. Not familiar. Yeah. Cool. At Laser Mountain Monster tweets, why is it always Blake getting punched in the face? I recommend Deadpool because even his friends want to punch him. Well, Laser Mountain Monster, Deadpool is not in the room with us. Yeah. so I'm looking at Blake's face right now. That's very punchable. It's... I think the people have spoken. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need to be on video? Yeah, I know, all yeah. I, things to work? Yeah, Blake Harris is best appreciated full audio-visual experience. Yes. At QI underscore Hulk up tweets... To me, get Donald Glover for a point five. Mm. Hashtag Donald for Spider-Man. We'd like to. Oh, you know what? I've messaged back and forth with Donald Glover before, yep. uh, a while back, trying to get him to come. And while Danny Pudi was here, 
Danny was basically saying, I'm going to rub this in yeah. Daryl's face because this is awesome. He was having such a great time. And I know that the folks who work at Marvel would love to have Donald Glover. We come. told Danny P to put the strong arm on him, get him in here. We'd yeah. love to talk to him. You know, really all the cast of Community, so yeah. it would be fun. At QY underscore Hulkup tweets, will we ever see Magic versus Doctor Strange in AVX? You got a hint of it in AVX number two, and you kind of saw the fallout number three. But right, we didn't actually see the fight, so hopefully, I'd like to see. I mean, obviously, those are the two premier Magic users on either team. What we will see coming up in AVX versus number three is Magic versus Black Widow. Should be a very interesting matchup, mm. but fingers crossed for Magic Doctor Strange down the line. Yes. At RCS underscore T tweets, what was your favorite one-liner in Marvel's The Avengers? Who delivered it? I'm not going to say what it is. Yeah, I, I don't want... Because I know it's... People are still... They still haven't seen it. Yeah, not everyone's seen it. I don't want to spoil it. too much. You can say who delivered your favorite one-liner, I think. Hulk delivered a really great one-liner. Thor delivered my favorite one. Yeah. Yeah. Thor, Thor delivered one. Iron Man delivered a ton of them. He's a one-liner machine. Yeah. There's a bunch of great ones. Yeah. I mean, Loki delivered some great stuff. It's an amazing script. It's really, yep. really good. Everyone so, gets a chance. They do. Blake had a good one. Yeah. Blake's was, hey, y'all. At the end. Yeah. Yeah. Post, post, post credits yeah. scene. Yeah. Blake running across Wakanda. At Rev Gimlin. <laughs> at Rev Gimlin tweets, this week in Marvel 27.5 with Danny Pudi was good fun on the way to work. Oscars weigh the same as Mystic Hammers as they are only for the worthy. It's true. Danny Pudi told us that the Mjolnir we gave him was about the same weight as the Oscar that Jim Rash, who's the dean on Community, <laughs> gave him. <laughs> that he won an Oscar. What, what did he write? He was the writer on... The Descendants. The Descendants. The there villains you. in Secret Avengers. There you go. <laughs> Full circle, Blake. Another one from that, Ralph Gemlin, says there's a terrifying moment in the Loki episode of This Week in Marvel when Stromy laughed. Not scary because of the laugh, but scary because Stromy is Loki. Never thought of that. Yeah. Mm. Stromy has an amazing laugh. We actually have a sound clip of Stromy laughing that we will, in the future, be using for oh, sound effects that's and awesome. bleeping capabilities. That's tremendous. Yep. Ralph Gemlin also tweeted, listen to the Tom Hiddleston episode of This Week in Marvel. Loved it all. An absolute pleasure to listen to. Now going to watch Thor. Must. I love that just must with <laughs> exclamation point. Brett Gimlin chimes in saying that Jarvis would make an excellent apple pie because mm. he caters to gods. I think I got, we got so caught up in the pie versus cobbler argument last week that we didn't give enough suggestions. So I'm glad people are picking up the slack. Yeah, cobbler's better. At Ref Gimlin, nearly choked on my toothbrush when this week in Marvel suggested Blob should be a dessert chef. Comedy should come with a health warning. Oh, Robert, you are too kind to us. We're not that funny. I'm that funny. Maybe. But these two, jokers. Why I oughta. <laughs> At Rick Inland tweets, a question, possibly one for Brubaker, can Doombots mimic slash use magic? How lifelike are they? Curious after reading some Winter Soldier. Great question. That is a really good question. I would say that no, they cannot duplicate the mystic capabilities that Dr. Doom had. That, that has taken Dr. Doom years and years and years yeah. of training and work. And I feel like that. even if Doom like taught them how to do it, you still need a human life force yeah, and energy to draw on. There's something there that would be missing in the Doombots. Eric Gunman said in episode number 26, when we were discussing Marvel couples, we missed Hawkeye and Mockingbird. Is that Jim McCann posting yeah. <laughs> under a fake pseudonym? But they're not together right They're now. not together. They're Hawkeye's with Spider-Woman. Splitsville. Population them. At Rev Gunman 
says a memorable quote from our episode 26 was good food has to be dangerous hashtag time to hunt dinner who said that probably me maybe i say a lot on this podcast final one from at ref gimlin now that avx number one has been out for a little bit can you let us know which battle outcome we disagree with so the verses the verses number one yeah i think sure i think we can spill the beans i disagreed with the namor battle yes and i think we we all here did just simply because i think namor is the king of the seas and that's where he is strongest yep i love ben Grimm, and i want i always pull for ben and i think this. thank you man Never you. What's great, great about comics and getting you know the debates yeah. going and stuff like that? But you know what? I'm right in this instance. I think even Thor would have trouble with Namor underwater because that's Namor's element. But Thing, all due respect to him, you know he's he's a bruiser. He's got a lot of heart. But I don't think there's any way Thing takes out Namor underwater. So yes, I think that was an egregious error. I think Blake, weren't you like split on it? And you came around eventually. Oh, it's open to your opinion on things. <laughs> so, I could possibly so. listen to you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What a treat. Yes. At Simon Sebs tweets: Black Panther isn't getting a comic. Seems Miles Morales is the only minority with a solo series. Hashtag comics need diversity. It's going to fluctuate. It's going to change. We'll always have, should have more diversity in mm-hmm. comics throughout, not just yeah. Marvel, but everywhere. I agree with you. Hopefully, we'll see more of that again. I mean, Black Panther has had tons of series, and I'm sure he will have more. And, you know, it's, it's just going to come and go. Yeah. Black Panther's getting a big arc coming up in uh, Fantastic Four, which I'm really looking forward to. Jonathan Hickman's really excited about it, and I'm kind of psyched to see that character back in Fantastic Four because he's, he's, he makes a great part of it. I love him in The Avengers. I love him in Fantastic Four. I love him on his own. So hopefully we'll have Black Panther back in a comic soon enough. Yeah. Another one from Matt Simon Sebs. Loved Avengers. The scene between Loki and Hulk was worth the price of admission. Agreed. At Dirty Lash whose name is now Squirrel Boy. We said he didn't need to do that, okay. but he's, he's gone for it. All right. Good um, for him. From at Dirty Lash says, I know you guys said you were on set for Avengers movie, but do you appear anywhere? If you did, I missed it. So Mark and Ustrami and myself visited the set for Avengers last year. We weren't on film at all. We just got to walk around the sets. I stood on the helicarrier. I watched where they, they had the... The area where Loki was being held, but would have been used for Hulk, but has Thor and Loki in at various points. So lots and lots and lots of pieces of the set and really, really cool stuff. But no, we are not in the film itself. And then, at Dirty Lash tweets, Why didn't anyone tell me how good New Mutants is? Been reading it on Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. I want to punch it in the face. It was so amazing, I wanted to hit and kick it in its genitals. We have been telling you how good New Mutants is. That's Seriously. all we do. Every time an issue of New Mutants comes out, we have that whole New Mutants challenge. Every, twice. Every mm. episode. Every time New Mutants comes out, I rave about yeah. it. Yeah. We all rave about it. it. Not Blake, but we all rave about it. What can we do? Ah. We need New Mutants, damn it. I'm glad you came around, though, Dirty Lash. Yes. Good, good stuff. Great. Another one from that Dirty Lash. I know you guys said web swinging was a bad idea. But as an archer, are Hawkeye's trick arrows a good idea? Well, as a formerly certified archery instructor. What? That's right. When I worked at a summer camp, I had to get certified to teach archery. I can tell you it is absolutely a bad idea because shooting an arrow, just a normal arrow, already takes enough training and safety regulations and everything else. You start putting like bolos and electrodes on the end of that. 
No. There's no amount of training that can prepare you to use trick arrows. So just like web slinging, bad idea. Also, who would certify you to be an archery person? <laughs> State of Massachusetts, my friend. Three, year, three about, years in a row. That says a lot about yeah, Massachusetts. Yeah, it was not a hard test. <laughs> <laughs> At Dirty Lash tweets, Carefully, Blake Garris is making notes on your weaknesses. He may be planning on knocking you off to take over this week in Marvel. That's a tweet to me. Yep, I'm not scared of Blake. Yeah, Blake, if he took over, you would just get a lot of dead air. And him going, um... Yeah. Blake was at my house yeah. last weekend. I poisoned him, so we're all good. The slow poison. Yep. Yeah. At Dirty Lash Tweets, how much space in your house do comics take up? You know, for me, I have, I think, three long boxes of comics now, single issues, because I got rid of most of them years ago. I needed to fund a move, so I had to sell my most of my collection. But like trade paperbacks and hardcovers, lots of bookshelves. It's too many. I have to get rid of them. Yeah. I gotta start getting rid of them. There's just too many. But I'm happy that we're, you know, so much is available digitally because I can. I can just replace with digital and it doesn't take up as much space. Yeah, I'm kind of a pack rat. I need to sell more of my comics as well. But I just moved into a new place and right now I have one room specifically devoted to not just comics, but like all the toys I have and trades and stuff like that. And the closet in that room is about half full of long boxes right now. But I have tons more at my folks house back in massachusetts from when i was a kid that i've never thrown out so lots lots of room hopefully not as much in the near future yeah at dirty lash says that he changed his name to squirrel boy and is now strami's nemesis <gasps> good job all right look forward to seeing that dirty lash also tweeted a picture with his son with stan lee oh cool very cool and also dirty lash has a cat named loki and I'm sure you are one of many of our listeners with Cats Named Loki, which is pretty great. At Mr. Underscore Afternoon tweets, No, guys, the way a spoiler works is you warn people before you give away the ending. Oh, yeah. This was... What, what did do you, you remember spoil? I spoiled some comic that had been out for weeks. And we were on the Avenger, the AVX podcast, and we were talking about AVX Versus. We are talking about the issue that had come out like a month before and we started talking about the results of it you know i'm sorry you got spoiled mr afternoon but if you're listening to an avx specific podcast we're probably going to talk about what went on avx we'll do our best not to spoil stuff but we're probably going to talk about the most recent issue and you know the the stuff for that is kind of fair game but we will do our best in the future not to spoil yes at swagpool tweets what happened to the character who moved to new york city to become a hero Gravity. Gravity was last seen in Fear Itself, Youth and Revolt. He was briefly a member of the Young Allies. He's got kind of a friendship going with Firestar right now. I know they're fighting crime, and he was involved with the Initiative for a while. He's still in New York. He's still hanging out with Firestar as well as with Spider-Girl and some of his other Young Allies buddies. So he's out there. Hopefully we'll see him again soon. Excellent. At Ungaji tweets, don't give up on me yet, guys. I'm going to make you proud. Been hearing that for years. Yeah. Years. Ungaji also tweets, thinking of getting a dog just so I can send photos of him to Strami. What is going on with Strami's Yes. Yeah. Did he say something on his section last anything. week? Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. All right. At Timmy Westside tweets, $200 million opening for the Avengers. That's, that's short selling it a little bit. Yeah, it was $207.4 million. Yeah. 
opening for the Avengers. 40 of that would be mine. Hey. Thank you, Timothy. Nice job. Yeah. I uh, hope you enjoy the Marvel Marathon. Final one is from at Timmy Westside. They should have had some cool Marvel AR stuff during the Marvel Marathon. That's interesting. How would you do AR during a movie? Would you, like, point your device at the movie screen and something would fly out at you? It's possible. Anything's possible. Or, you know, you put it on, like, because they got cool swag. Oh, yeah, yeah. That'd be neat. Yeah. You know, something you to think know. about. Something, something to think about. Now that we're seeing more people use the AR. Yeah. Awesome. So, Blake, you did it. You got through it, Blake. You guys did it. That's right. Yeah, you and your Star Wars t-shirt. Yeah, that's it, guys. Thank you for listening. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Blake. Thanks, Strami. No thanks to the interns who don't exist right now. Right. And, um, yeah, I think that's about it. This is Marvel, your universe.